podcast by the Bay is a production of Bay City Communications and is sponsored by Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com And now, another podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre, and I'm excited today because we're going to present our candidate coverage for the Foster City Council race. And that's going to be coming up here on November 3rd, and it's a also a presidential election, so make sure you get out there and vote, and actually vote early to make sure you get your mail-in ballots in there. Uh, but yes, so today we're going to present our candidate coverage, and once again, Podcast by the Bay does not endorse any candidates. We merely provide our platform to really hear the candidates' vision so all the audience and the voters can actually hear the candidates themselves. So today we're excited. We actually have all five candidates, including John Fruman, Patrick Sullivan, Catherine Mahampur, Sam Hindi, and Leticia Brooks. So we're going to go ahead and present all five candidates coming up next here on Podcast by the Bay. And if you have any questions, have any feedback, please reach out to us at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on our website, www.podcastbythebay.com. All right, coming up next, the candidates for the Foster City Council race for 2020. Stay tuned. Okay, we're going to continue our candidate coverage for the Foster City Council race coming up on November 3rd. And so today we're going to speak with candidate for Foster City Council, Latissa Brooks. So Latissa, welcome to the show. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you for having me, Andre. I thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. So can you give a little background on who you are as a candidate and why you've decided to run for Foster City Council? Yes, my name is Latisa Brooks, and I like to walk you through why I am your best choice for Foster City Council. Serving people through trust, commitment, and experience are my guiding values. My experience to date has taught me to appreciate and understand what true leadership is and should be. Born and raised in San Francisco, I've been a proud Foster City resident for 20 years, where I am also a small business owner and operator. I'm an active member of the Rotary Club of Foster City and a civic community volunteer and a proud mother of three sons. I would like to share with you a little history of my professional background. I have approximately six years as a human resources specialist with Kaiser Permanente as a primary liaison between senior management union representatives, and Kaiser Permanente employees. My responsibilities included communicating changes and collective bargaining agreements, addressing employee grievances, and interpreting contracts. I also provided coaching and guidance to employees and worked with Kaiser Permanente management to develop new personnel policies for all Northern California employees. I also managed aviation security 
for nearly six years at the San Francisco International Airport to help rebuild and address issues our country were facing around air transportation after 9-11. Initially, my role included managing one terminal of 80 to 100 employees, all security equipment, established communication and policies with airline personnel, and Federal Aviation Administration staff. I was then hand-selected to work alongside my mentor, Derek Shelton, the Director of Security Operations at SFO, also a retired Marine and disabled veteran. According to Shelton, he selected me because of my honesty, trustworthiness, perseverance, commitment to achieve, and problem-solving capabilities. Shelton realized I always did the right thing, even when no one was looking. I later learned he served three past United States presidents. In this new role, I had oversight of the entire airport. Our team consisted of 400 employees. While in that role, I created and led a special and culturally diverse all woman task force. Our team received national recognition and we were number one in the nation for four consecutive years. Our performance for our performance, our successful methodologies were adopted system-wide. Finally, my initial role at Piccadilly Catering as co-owner, I started out being a business advisor to my friend, Pam Warren, its owner at the time. Because of my educational and professional experience, I offered my skills to help revive a long-standing, well-established business that was an important staple in the Foster City community and beyond. As I created a plan necessary to keep this business in our community, one of the components required a financial investor and prudent management of city of the business finances. With no other options or investors willing to take the risk, I stepped up and assumed the financial risk, became Piccadilly's co-owner and general managing partner. As I took on the role, one of the many skills I attributed to the business is my prudent financial experience and oversight. My understanding and implementation of a strict financial plan and management has made the growth and expansion of this business possible. And seven plus years ago, I became the sole owner of this business. I expanded and provided service to VIP clients, global suppliers, as well as local and out-of-state private clients internationally and throughout the Bay Area. My 20 years of living in this beautiful city, I am very passionate about our city and genuinely care about its present and future. My experience of working collaboratively with ethical leadership is well established. I thrive from working with people from all walks of life, different professional and personal experiences and points of view. 
my success to date is aligned with this open-minded approach that focuses on listening, learning, and being transparent. If elected, I'm committed to consistently demonstrating a culture of transparency on the council. As an elected official, I would strive to earn your trust through every action and word. As my mentor would say, change only comes to those who hear, and I am a great listener. Well, sounds good, Leticia. I appreciate your uh, insight as far as uh, giving us a little background on who you are as a candidate and why you've decided to run. So what makes you the best choice as a candidate and why should the voters vote for you? I live in this beautiful city for 20 years. I am passionate about our city and I'm proud of the core competencies I possess and gain through life's ups, downs and experiences. One, I'm committed to serving people and things outside of myself. Two, I have the courage to do the right things even and especially when no one is watching me. Three, I'm not always right, but I'm always open to listening and understanding where people are coming from. My success to date includes being a thoughtful listener who considers all voices, collaborates well, and bring people together to meet goals and execute solutions. I also understand one of the greatest responsibilities of the council is practicing prudent and transparent fiscal responsibility and should work collaboratively to build on the decisions and successes of our past elected officials, respond proactively to evolving issues, and be open-minded open to policies that will help ensure Foster City remains a great place to live, work, and play. My proven leadership and style has been highly successful and is well-established, and I know I would be an asset to our community. Okay, so what are the top two issues that you feel are facing Foster City, and how do you plan to address them? The top two issues I see facing Foster City is the recovery from COVID-19. Focusing on public health and safety, economic sustainability and vibrancy and work towards a balanced budget. Small business sustainability and growth, ways to incentivize small businesses to help with recovery from COVID-19, as well as attract businesses to do foster, to do business in Foster City. Working well collaboratively with others to provide transparent and prudent oversight over all current and future infrastructure projects and expenditures, working with each department head to understand their department's budget and explore if there are any ways we can consider readjustment without negatively impacting standards of service we provide. You talked a little bit about being a liaison, um, you know, at the medical uh, facility uh, between the unions and some of the HR and really, uh, so what style of leadership would you bring to the table to be able to work with the different personalities and really come together to solve problems for the community? One, my commitment to serve 
People and things other than myself. I have the courage to do the right things, even when no one is watching me. I'm understanding I'm not always right, but I'm always open to listen and understand where people are coming from. I have a high standard for transparency, my trustworthiness, perseverance, commitment to achieve, and problem-solving capabilities are all a part of my success to date. My experience of working collaboratively with, with ethical leadership is well-established. I thrive from working with people from all walks of life, different professional and personal experiences and points of view. My success to date is aligned with this open-minded approach that focuses on demonstrating a culture of transparency. If elected, I commit to consistently demonstrating this culture of transparency on the council. As an elected official, I will strive to earn your trust through every action and word. So what, what is your vision for Foster City, let's say in 10 years? I see our small business community growing with unique creative ideas and amenities that will attract visitors to come enjoy our city. I see us collaborating on ideas and policies we can adopt to stop the financial leakage that are leaving our city and going to, into others. I see us being the leader and example of how government should work together that others should follow. I see us being a city where all of our residents and business community feels at home, safe, and welcome. So what would you like to say to the residents and voters of Foster City? Please do me the honor of serving you and Foster City in a greater capacity. Remember to vote for me on November 3rd or earlier if you are mailing in your ballot. I'm Latisa Brooks, and I am your fresh voice for Foster City. Thank you for your time and consideration. And where can the residents and voters find out more information about you and your campaign? Please visit my website at togetherwithtisa.com. That's together spelled out with spelled out Tisa, T I S A dot com. Or you can reach me by email at Latisa, L A T I S A, at togetherwithtisa.com. Well, Latisa Brooks, candidate for Foster City, we appreciate your time and we thank you for uh, giving us your vision for Foster City. Best of luck on the campaign. You got it. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks to Latisa Brooks for speaking with Podcast by the Bay. And next up, we're going to have Patrick Sullivan. Okay, welcome back to our candidate forum here on Podcast by the Bay. We appreciate you uh, checking in and listening to all the candidates here on Podcast by the Bay. And so today we're going to speak with candidate Patrick Sullivan. And so Patrick Sullivan not only is the co-host of Podcast by the Bay, but he's also ran for council previously as well. So can you give us a little background on who you are as a candidate and why you've decided to run for city council? 
Thanks. Thanks, Andre, for uh, inviting me to podcast by the Bay. You know, I kind of reminisce. I, I go back to when I went to private grammar school. I was uh, in Daly City, a Catholic school. Um, and I was a little scrawny Irish kid that was probably not more than uh, four feet tall. But I was always out um, to to um, have good friends and stuff like that. And I didn't like people that bullied people. Um, so I, I can remember a trying moment. Um, in my life when um, the pastor said that if any kid wants to fight, they can fight in front of the whole school in a boxing arena. And for some reason, uh, the big kid on the block had was bullying um, another friend of mine who became a close friend for many, many years. And I, and I went up there and, and tried to defend him. And long and behold, the priest uh, took us to the rectory. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm not going to win. This guy's going to kill me. We're going to be a boxing match in front of the whole school. But what it taught me is, is I don't allow bullying in life. I think the most important thing is to be fair with people, to be honest with people, and to make sure that they know that you're fair and that you're honest and that you're respectful um, and that you're out there for them, um, that you're not just for your own self-needs. So that kind of started my formation. I can also recall uh, 1963, and I was 10 years old at the time when John F. Kennedy uh, was assassinated. And the thing that stood in my mind is his famous saying, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Um, I don't really want to go into my background for except that I'm a business owner. Um, I've been in Foster City over 30 years. Um, I'm also educated as a uh, substitute teacher in Sequoia High School District, specialized in kids and special needs. Um, I'm here for the people of Foster City. Um, we're, re we're in a kind of a dilemma situation with the COVID-19. Uh, we've just come off uh, a recall, a recall of uh, Mr. Perez. And, you know, he was the bully. And um, I was determined to, uh, to win that election. Obviously, they, there was another choice, and uh, I support the other choice. But I'm back here for the people of Foster City because in the last eight months with the COVID, we've got businesses hurting. We've got a levy that we need to get on time and on budget. that uh, has got a few snafus in it. Um, we also have a, 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 a city manager that we need. We, we unfortunately made a bad choice of a city manager. And as a result of the bad choice of the city manager, we have fractured departments, whether it's public works, the recreation department. And I'm not, these are people that I've reached out to and talked to. Um, it's the civic leaders in the community that have known me for the last 20 to 30 years that have said, Patrick, you've got to step up. You've got to help with the council. Um, I'm determined to uh, bring sound mind. Um, some of my personality skills are, are people. I love people. I mean, I'm in the people business. I'm a, a broker, an educator. Um, you know, I, Andre, I even took one of those personality tests just to kind of find out what kind of person I am. They, I think the personality test I took, the 16 personality qualities, said I was an assertive protagonist, which meant I like diplomacy. I like to work with people. Um, I'm concerned about tactics and identity and nature and energy. I come with a lot of energy and a lot of good ideas. I'm not stuck in the box. Um, my, my main thing is leadership, not politics. It really, I really stick by that word. I've always, when I've run for office, I've always run it as an independent I don't take one political side or one political agenda. And that was probably the reason why um, we formed Podcasts by the Bay. We want to hear all sides of the uh, issue and be able to come with solutions. Um, and communication starts that. Um, I see that we need to have a little bit more structure there on the council. 
Um, I come with many, many years of social services. I was one of the youngest persons elected on the board of directors for the March of Dimes when I was 30 years old. And I thought that was an honor. Um, my business itself, um, I have a gross income of anywhere from five to $10 million in selling real estate yearly. Um, I'm a chamber member uh, and I, I really give back to the community. So what makes you the best choice as a candidate and why should the voters vote for you? Well, f- well, first of all, I don't give up. And I think that's important. Uh, running for public office uh, takes a lot out of you. Uh, and I, I have the skills, the people skills, and you need the people skills. And you also have to have the analytical skills and the analytical skills you need to, to be able to uh, evaluate budgets. You need to evaluate departments, whether it's the public works or the finance department or the park and rec. Um, as you know, I spent 10 years on the park and rec. Uh, one of my close, closest friends is Kevin Miller, former city manager. Uh, he's reached out to me on this campaign trail, and he says, go for it, Patrick. He says, I know you can make a good contribution. I've got a former city manager, Rick Wyckoff, who is not only mayor, but also city manager. Um, I've spent countless hours with different people in the community. So I have a good understanding how the budget works. And I, and, and I look forward to working whoever is on the council. Um, obviously the main thing with, with what I say to everybody, and it was a good question asked me on one of the zoom rooms, they asked me what, who would you align yourself with on the council? And I said, you know, I'm not going to align myself with anyone for, because first of all, I'm there for the people. Will I work with, with Sanjay? Absolutely. Will I, do I disagree with Sanjay? Absolutely. Probably on some issues. Will, will I work with Sam Hindi? Absolutely. Will I work with Sam Hindi? Do I agree with Sam on every issue? No. Um, but I won't work with somebody on the council that really basically is only showing up to be mayor or doesn't really put any input into the depth and breadth of the issues facing Foster City, whether, whether that's a levy, whether it's the rec center, whether it's housing. Uh, we have to have some objectivity. We have to bring respect back to the public. We don't need to be a laughing stock. For the last eight months, I ha- have to say that the council hasn't done much of anything for except kind of move forward and talk about what we need to do with the COVID-19. Um, and, and I think it's now that it's, it, it's, a, it's election time. I understand that maybe you're holding back. They don't want to make too many mistakes, but it's time for leadership, not politics. What are the top two issues that you feel are facing Foster City, and how do you plan to address them? Well, the two top issues right now is the completion of the levy on time and on budget. Uh, And I know there has been citizens that have reached out to me uh, that some of the Beach Park people are not aware of it, and that the um, information is provided on the on the website for the city is not that clear. So I think we need to do a better job of reaching out to people. As you know, they're, they're going to start in the next couple of weeks out at Sea Cloud, um, and that's going to be six days a week. So uh, we're going to have a lot of traffic. So we need to address that. Um, I think the other most crucial thing is our city manager. Right now we have Dante Hall. I'm not sure whether Dante is in a position that he wants to be the city manager, but I hope and encourage that he does apply if he wants to. Um, also, they need to, to, to move forward with that city manager. That city manager is the CEO uh, for the city. Uh, Foster City has had many, many good city managers 
uh, from Jim Hardy to Kevin Miller to Rick Wyckoff that really worked well with the departments and made sure that we saved at least a third of our budget all the time. That's why we have surplus millions of dollars, I think somewhere between 130 and 134 million. Don't quote me, I don't wanna be quoted being actually down to the penny, but we're, we're, we're very healthy. But the issue now that with coming out, we need a business plan. We need to not wait until COVID-19 is over. We need to start working and putting things in place. I know Dante was talking about uh, going with a $900,000 cut, $500,000 cut from the uh, park and rec. I think we need to look close at those things. And we, we need to make sure we're doing the right thing uh, for the community. What style of leadership do you bring to the table to be able to work with the different personalities and really come together to solve problems for the community? Well, I'm glad you brought that question up because I think it kind of goes back to that personality test. The most high priority is I'm a diplomat. Um, and I had to learn those skills over the years. I have to listen to people uh, and gather information. You can't just react. You have to pull back and reflect. Um, and obviously, if, uh, I hope some of the listeners out there have an opportunity to go to Podcast by the Bay because you'll see our style on Podcast by the Bay. It's the same style that is my personality. And it's being a diplomat. I also come with skills um, is that I'm an arbitrator mediator for the San Mateo County Bar Association for 15 years. And I'm not an attorney. I might have a legal education to an extent that I'm there to, to hear both sides of the issue and even when it gets contentious. So I think what I bring is leadership skills to try to listen to other people and also try to extract from other people what are they really trying to say. Um, the thing that becomes disappointing for me, and as I've attended more city council meetings, is to watch a few people, and I'm not going to point fingers at anyone, that don't come prepared to city council meetings. A lot of them are just grandstanding or, or picking on, so to speak, department heads when they maybe should have talked to the park and rec, or they should have talked to the public works, or they should have called called somebody in financing and get that answer. It's important that we take the time and that we're prepared. Um, it's important to be a public servant. It's not just about a title. So Patrick, what is your vision for Foster City in 10 years? You know, I've got a really great vision. I was thinking about that. We're going to probably have more um, solar car. We're probably going to have more electric cars out there. And I think the cars are going to be smaller. Um, we may we may even see that they may start restricting large large vehicles in the city, and maybe we'll we'll have certain um, certain requirements that there are small electric cars. Um, I think right now electric cars are only about probably about five percent, three to five percent of the thing. I'm going to imagine within five to ten years they're going to be fifty percent of it. So I think we're going to we're going to also maybe who knows? There, you know, I talked with some people that own property out on the. The levy, who knows, maybe maybe a wind generator could help with, uh, with electricity. Um, I think we're going to need people movers. We're going to need to be able to get around in the city. Main problem for, for the success of businesses in Foster City is not, being, is not driving to the business because that takes too much time. So if you, 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 you're in, working the nail salon and you want to go to a, uh, to a, a restaurant um, in Edgewater Shopping Center, you got to get in your car. That's kind of an inconvenience. It's going to take time on Hillsdale Boulevard or Shell Boulevard. So I think we, we might see people movers. We might see a way where you've got a people mover uh, situation, whether it's kind of like a escalator, moving people around in the city. 
uh, almost kind of sounds like the Jetsons, so to speak. The uh, uh, if you watch the Jetsons, the Flintstones, where they where uh, they had some kind of people mover. So I, I think we're we're not gonna we're gonna see more bicycles. We're gonna see probably more electric bikes. I'm sorry to see the electric bikes didn't work out that well in Foster City, but I think they're gonna get back. Right now with the COVID nineteen, more people are riding bikes. You can't even get enough bikes right now. Um, when I say bikes, I'm also concerned of finishing that bike trail. We need to get that money up there. And that's another passion of mine because, as, as I mentioned, probably I spend probably anywhere from 50 to 60% of my time during the week on the levee. And that levee is a beautiful opportunity to, to enjoy nature, to get exercise. So I think there's going to be some major change. More people might not be going, might be working in, in the office buildings. So I think there's a lot of opportunity. It's, it's hard to envision anything without seeing much more growth in the area of, of innovation and, and saving energy. What would you like to say to the residents and voters of Foster City? Well, I would say most of all, you've got a dedicated public servant here. You've got somebody that is willing to listen to you. Uh, most of the people that have supported me in the past have says, Patrick, we, we like you because you listen to us and you're willing to stand up for what is right for the people. I want to have that opportunity because I think that the, there's a good percentage of the people that are tired of politics. They want to see leadership. And that's what I bring to the table, leadership. So what is your website where people can find out more about you? Well, they can go to www. Patrick Sullivan, fostercity.com, or they can go Patrick Sullivan, fostercity at gmail.com. Well, thanks again, Patrick, for your time. We appreciate it, and we wish you best of luck on the campaign trail. Thank, thank you, and remember, vote Patrick Sullivan, leadership, not politics. Thanks again. Thanks to Patrick Sullivan for speaking with Podcast by the Bay. We definitely appreciate it. So next up, we actually have John Fruin. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre, and we're excited to present our candidate uh, show to talk about the Foster City Council, the race for Foster City Council. And uh, we're excited. We actually have one of the current councilmen, and um, he's actually running for re-election, and it's John Fruman. So, John, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here on Podcast by the Bay. Thank you for the opportunity, Andre. It's a, it's a great opportunity to reach out to the public. I guess my first question is, can you give a little background on who you are as a candidate and why you've decided to run for city council? Sure. Thank you. Uh, as, as we've discussed in the past, just actually fairly recently, I've been a part of the foster city community since 1972 when my family moved uh, here to foster city. Uh, I continued my involvement in the community, a 35 year law enforcement career. I ended as a uh, retired as a police chief in the city of Coronado in San Diego County. I, uh, I'm a past president of the Foster City Lions Club, and I participate also with uh, Special Olympics and other local volunteer opportunities. Uh, in March of 2020, I was elected to fill a vacant seat on our city council. It was an honor to be elected. And I've been an active participant on the city council uh, since joining the council in April. I've been working to improve relations on the council and with the public and to restore the public trust. I'm running for my own four-year term to continue what I've started, to see major public works projects completed on a in a timely manner and on budget. 
And there's still work to be done to restore our image as a council and a community. And uh, I'd like to have the opportunity to continue my work in that area. Sounds good. And so what makes you the best candidate choice uh, and why should the voters vote for you? Well, I think to start with, I'm the only candidate with local government operational experience, having worked in local government uh, as a full-time employee for 30 years and uh, also do consulting in government operations. I, I know the operational side of, of government. That's helpful. I'm also one of three candidates with legislative government experience, having uh, been serving on the city council since April, though a short period of time, I've learned a lot and uh, also contributed a lot, I believe, to our community. Uh, I review and consider each agenda item independently on its own merits and only with the long-term best interest of the community in my mind. Uh, we can't, I don't believe in taking a, uh, an absolutist view on, on most topics uh, because you never know what's gonna come before you and I try my best to, to look at things on their, uh, on their merits individually. Uh, since joining the council, we have operated as a professional and respectful group, uh, even when we don't fully agree on topics. And this is exactly what the citizens of Foster City were seeking in March during that election. So I'm pleased to be a part of that and feel that helps me to be the type of candidate that our community is looking for. So what are the top two issues that you feel are facing Foster City and how would you do plan to address them? Andre, well, it's interesting because those types of things have changed since we, we last spoke just a few months ago. Um, COVID-19 has quickly become the most critical topic right now. Uh, it impacts uh, the way we do business, the way we interact with people in our community, and most importantly to a city government, it, it impacts the revenue we depend on to provide local government services. So it's affected our local economy, which means it's affecting um, residents and their livelihood, businesses and their ability to conduct business and earn money, and um, property owners. Those who own retail properties and apartment communities um, are impacted as well. So I believe uh, we are continuing to work with staff to identify areas where we can find efficiencies in our budget to uh, balance the budget over the next few years and identifying short-term fixes that can be easily reversed if we need to when the economy rights itself. It's really important that if we're making a change in the budget staffing-wise related to a program, say like a parks and park and rec class, well, we need to be able to quickly reverse that if we can um, when the economy returns and opening of business uh, occurs so that we can, again, start providing that service fairly quickly. So that's a really important thing that we're looking at. Also with COVID, we've been doing, making efforts to assist our businesses with uh, grants. We're looking at a loan program. I'm, I'm a little concerned about the loan program in the sense of being able to uh, use the, the citizens' money in a, in a manner that guarantees that they get their money back. That's kind of the purpose behind loans. And then trying to facilitate discussion between landlords and tenants, whether it's uh, uh, residential or commercial retail, to try to find win-win solutions for both. Um, the second one, uh, since the levy project is ready to begin, 
I believe the next critical uh, issue that we're facing that will impact us as Fed long-term is selecting the right person to lead our city staff well into the future. Our city manager selection uh, process is, is working through right now and making the right decision again will impact the city for, for years to come. We need to find a leader with high ethical standards, uh, someone who emphasizes teamwork. We need to emphasize the teamwork among city staff, among the council members, council and staff, council in the community. There's a lot of teamwork opportunities that we need someone in a leadership role to help facilitate, facilitate those things. And sound business practices. We're learning that um, some of our business practices that have worked for years um, simply aren't working anymore or, or have been proven not to be successful 100% of the time. And we need to look at those and find ways to do those in a way that makes better sense for our community. Now, you, you mentioned leadership and you talked about the sitter manager uh, role. And so what style of leadership do you bring to the table and to really work with some of the different personalities? Um, you talked a little bit about working with some of the other council people. And so how can you come together to really solve problems for the community? And what style of leadership would you bring? I believe what I, what I bring and what I've demonstrated already is a collaborative leadership style. It's really important to bring people together to try to find common ground. Um, it's very easy to find divisive issues, things that separate and, and bring people apart. Um, what we really need is bringing people together. And so collaborating, bringing people together, hearing different ideas, learning different viewpoints um, helps to come up with the best possible solutions. Uh, this style has helped uh, our team as a, as a city council come to some, I think, some pretty good decisions that we're all able to support. Um, and I believe using this collaborative style has helped avoid some situations that could have threatened the harmony on the council. I can't get into specifics on those, um, but I've been using that style to try to help um, build our team as a, as a city council. And uh, I want to continue doing that. So as far as your vision for Foster City, I mean, how do you see Foster City in 10 years? Well, a lot, a lot can happen over a 10-year period. We can see how quickly things can change in, in the matter of moments with the, this pandemic. But from 10, 10 years from now, I'd like to see our community well protected by a high quality and as aesthetically pleasing as possible uh, a levy system. I want to see that project completed to protect our community well into the future and uh, make sure that it looks as good as we can make it look. I hope to maintain the character of our community. People moved in to, to Foster City, whether they're renting or, or, or purchased a home, uh, based on the character of the community. They look at the types of schools, the parks, the types of housing, traffic, things like that. Um, and that character is being threatened by the state of California and their edicts regarding different types of zoning and development. And I think we really need to push back and do what we can to maintain the character of our community. Uh, I'd like to see our community be resilient and able to adjust to the environmental changes that will naturally take place over a decade. And when I say environmental, I'm not talking just um, trees and the air and the, that environment. I'm talking the all-inclusive environment, 
how, how things change with residential growth or residential change, uh, development of business and commercial, whether it's in Foster City or around us, all those types of things I, I consider part of the environment that we need to be able to adjust to as time, time progresses. So, um, and this is kind of a follow-up question to, to the levy. Um, I, I know Foster City has, we've kind of moved forward with the understanding of the levy as far as how we want to approach it. Is there opportunity, do you think, that to work with some of our regional partners? I mean, are they going to be looking at some of the similar types of projects that Foster City has? I, I think that what I've heard so far, I've learned, is that where we are attaching to San Mateo out on Third Avenue on the headway there, or the levee system, is already um, at the level it should be at. And I, I noticed that when I ride my bike, you can see this, you can see where the asphalt changes and you can see the dip. So you, I can see how that's gonna work. So San Mateo's already done what they need to do, I believe, out in that area. Um, as far as our other partners in the, around the Bay, um, I think that we are out in front of this a little bit better than others who tried to fight the system uh, and, and were not successful. So I think where they will gain from our experience is we have gone through the permitting process with a multitude of regional and state and federal agencies to get the permits necessary to do our job. And I think that the learnings from that will benefit our, our neighboring communities as they move through the process both the agencies that they're getting permits from will have seen it and we'll be able to give better information up front to have those cities better prepared to get those permits. And we'll be able to share directly with those communities um, our, our learnings so that they can get through the process uh, more simply than we did. We may not save anything in the long run, but the idea that it helps protect our community and the communities around us is equally as important. Sounds good. So what would you like to say open to the residents when the voters of Foster City, what would you like to say to them? Well, it, it's been an honor to have been elected to serve on the city council. Um, I did, as I said, I would and could do by hitting the ground running. I told people that that was how I planned and was prepared to, to operate because of my experience. And, and I did just that. I was actively engaged in even my very first city council meeting. I've been open to listening to the input of the community and my fellow council members and staff and have used this information in my deliberations um, on the issues. Uh, I've committed to working with my colleagues on the council to improve the demeanor among us, to model respectful behavior and to appreciate those with whom we partner, including the community and our staff. And I believe if people look at council meetings from a year ago and compare them to council meetings of today, you will see a dramatic difference in the way that those meetings operate and the way the participants work together. And I think that's a testament to the group we have in office right now. Um, with that, I just, I would love to continue uh, those efforts, continue building those relationships and continue to help Foster City thrive in the future with another four years in office. And with that, I would urge the residents to vote for John Fruman for City Council. 
So where can people find out more about you and your campaign if they have any follow-up questions or would like to find out more about you? Yes, thank you, Andre. I have a, a website, same as it was for the last election. It's John Fruman, J-O-N-F-R-O-O-M-I-N for city council, uh, com. John Fruman for city council.com. And uh, there's information on there about the issues, some issues. There's information of background. There's an opportunity to email me through that website to ask questions. And uh, I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Usually it's within a couple days. And I look forward to interacting with the public. It is going to be a little bit different this time around. Uh, with COVID, uh, my plan is not to go door to door knocking on doors out of respect for the health of our residents and the health of my family. Um, I will be working on different ways to reach out to our community. And hopefully they'll feel comfortable reaching out to me if uh, they have questions or concerns or need information to make decisions on voting in November. Well, it's been a it's uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and hear more about some of the issues and your vision on what Foster City entails, and really to hear more about uh, your perspective. So appreciate your time, John, and um, look forward to seeing you more on the trail and hearing more about what's happening in Foster City. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Andre. Thank you for the opportunity, and thank you for to uh, podcast by the Bay for making this a priority. Thanks to John Froman for speaking with Podcast by the Bay. Next up, we have Sam Hindi. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay and our continued candidate coverage for the Foster City Council race coming up on November 3rd. And so now we're going to speak with uh, current council member Sam Hindi. And so, Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here on Podcast by the Bay. Andre, thank you so much for hosting me. This is not my first time on Podcast by the Bay. Always a pleasure to be with you and with your listeners as well. Well, thank you. Um, can you give a little background on who you are as a candidate and why you've decided to run for city council? Wow. Okay. As a candidate, who am I as a person? How about that? We could start with that one. Well, look, I'm a father, a husband, and a small business owner and also a public servant. You know, my wife and I have three wonderful children born and raised right here in Foster City. And they all attended local schools in the San Mateo Foster City School District. I'm a first generation immigrant who immigrated to the United States in pursuit of my education and the American dream. I, I came from a very humble beginning and I'm the second of six children. While attending college during the day, I had to work at nights to pay my tuition and bills. In 1988, my brothers and I started a courier company from my one-bedroom apartment in South Pasadena, Southern California. And we grew it to a multi-million dollar company serving nine Western states. So you could imagine I have a lot of pride in doing that, especially coming in as a first-generation immigrant uh, from my family to immigrate to the United States. And in 1992, I moved to the Bay Area to expand the business and chose Foster City to be my home. And while living in Foster City, I started volunteering in Foster City organization to give back to our community. And I did that by serving as a third team leader, as a vice chair of the Foster City Parks and Recreation Committee, 
and also as the chair of the board of the Chamber of Commerce. In 2015, you know, the voters of Foster City really gave me the honor to represent them on the city council. Over the past few years, we have made a lot of progress to address the issues facing our cities, such as the budget deficit, advancing the levy project, and finally, we have a council that works respectfully with the public and with each other. You know, however, you know, the COVID pandemic has created many challenges. The impact on the city finances is significant. The levy project requires an experienced leadership to see it through completion on time and within budget. So the, uh, this is a little bit of background of who I am and what I have done so far in the community. Okay, so what makes you the best choice as a candidate and why should the voters vote for you? Well, I'm going to make it very brief, Andre. Uh, you know, these are difficult times we are going through. And what, lie, what lies ahead really requires leadership with institutional knowledge and a steady hand. I can deliver both. I have also built the ever so important regional relationship that are needed as we collaborate with our regional colleagues to address the regional issues facing us. As you know, many of the issues, the larger issues that we face as a city really need regional collaboration. We can, and for example, such as traffic, uh, such as transportation, what, you know, public transit, all these issues, uh, even housing, require collaboration with our regional colleagues and our regional counterparts. And I have built those relationships. I have built those relationships with our state representative and as well as our colleagues in San Mateo County up and down the peninsula. So you mentioned a lot, a couple of different issues. Um, what are the top two issues that you feel are facing Foster City and how would you plan to address them? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, you know, if you asked me before, if you asked me before March, I would not be including the top one now because for the most part, we addressed it. And I'm talking specifically about the fiscal challenges that we are facing now post COVID. So the top, one of the top two issues would be addressing the fiscal challenging challenges and balancing the budget. Now, before COVID, you know, we had, uh, when I got on the council in 2015, we had structural deficit. And we have worked and managed to bring that deficit to a balanced budget. And we had really a great uh, reserve fund up to 100%. Uh, now, it's a different story, so we need to do that again. The second issue that... Uh, is one of my top priorities, I would have to say, is completing the levy improvement project on time and within budget. I have worked on this uh, levy improvement project since my election in 2015. As you know, and your listeners most likely know as well, uh, this levy improvement project uh, started in 2014 when FEMA required the city of Foster City to raise its levy to meet the 100-year storm and if not, Foster City was under the threat of being designated as a flood zone. So since 2015, that was one of my top priorities, not just because it is the largest project since the creation of Foster City, but also because it will provide our community the protection it needs from sea level rise. 
So those are the top two, in my view. But obviously, there are many challenges, uh, Andre, that will be coming our way. But if we don't take care of our fiscal uh, challenges, we don't balance our budget, we cannot deliver on programs and on the services that our residents and our community uh, come to expect from us. Okay, so what style of leadership would you bring to the table to be able to work with the different personalities and really come together to solve problems for the community? That's really a very important question, knowing the history that we had uh, over the past few years. And for me, uh, look, to work with four other people who might have different opinions at times on important issue and with different personalities, one needs to have the ability to come to the meetings with an open mind, listen to others, and most importantly, treat others with the utmost respect regardless of the difference in opinion. My approach has always been that the issues before us, no matter how contentious they get, are not really personal. I never took anything personally. I have never lost focus on why I'm on the council. I'm on the council very simply to serve the good people of Foster City and build a better and sustainable future for our kids and grandkids. Okay, so what is your vision for Foster City in 10 years? Well, uh, I mean, you know, one, when, when we talk about vision, we could talk so many things, but I will very, I will summarize it in this way. I would like to see a city that is inclusive, equitable, and welcoming to everyone. A city that is sustainable economically, environmentally, and socially with equal opportunities for everyone in the community. A city that is safe and continues to celebrate its cultural diversity has a city that has the amenities that the community needs and deserves. A city that takes pride in its identity. These are really large titles, large uh, ideas, if you will, but there's so many things that fall into it. But look, if you're not inclusive, if you're not equitable, if you're not welcoming, if you're not sustainable, uh, we could differ on many things, but I hope we could agree on those uh, big headlines or those big items. And that really will have a future for Foster City that is prosperous and a future that we all could be proud of. Okay. So I guess if you're going to speak to the residents, what would you like to say to the residents and voters of Foster City? Uh, look, uh, it really has been an honor and a privilege to serve to serve the community and the people of Foster City. Uh, I need your support and vote this November so we can meet the challenges ahead. The challenges ahead really require an experienced leadership with institutional knowledge and a steady hand. I have those talents, I have those skill sets, and I will deliver. I will meet those challenges. Not only am I ready to face those challenges, I have also have the proven record to address them but I need your support to make that happen. I respectfully ask for your vote on November 3rd, and hopefully even you vote before November 3rd, just to make sure that your ballot gets counted. So the ballot's gonna be dropping on the first week of October, uh, probably October 5th, starting October 5th. So when you get your ballot, have it ready, 
cast your vote and I hope my name will be a vote a would be the name that you will cast your ballot for. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. And that's a great point um, about the voting and the ballots and how about getting in your votes early to make sure that they're counted, because especially with the presidential election. Um, where else can the residents and voters find out more information about you and your campaign? Well, my website uh, is very simple, samhindi.com. Uh, you could find a lot of information about my campaign, my platform, why I'm running, and more details. You could uh, look at the issues. What is it that facing Foster City? How is my track record is in there? Uh, you're going to see my endorsement. I have very significant number of endorsements here from local city, local Foster City leaders, uh, residents, uh, community advocates, and wide, wide range of support from the region and the state. Uh, because like I said, it's really important that you have those relationships that you would advocate for Foster City to get things done. And uh, my Facebook also, my Facebook page is also uh, facebook.com forward slash Hindi. And I'm also on Twitter, also Sam underscore Hindi, as well as Instagram. But all those links really are uh, under my website, samhindi.com. Okay, Sam. Well, I appreciate your time and taking the time to speak with uh, here, us here at Podcast by the Bay and for giving us some insight to all the residents uh, listening to this podcast. Thank you so much, fam. Best of luck. Thank, thank you, Andre. I really appreciate it. Just one parting comment for everybody who's listening and everybody in Foster City. Please vote this coming election. It's very important. And we, you need to exercise your right and your duty to vote. Thank you so much. Thanks to Sam Hindi for speaking with Podcast by the Bay. Next up, we have Catherine Mahampur. Okay, we're back here at Podcast by the Bay, and we're going to continue our candidate coverage for the Foster City Council. And so today we have the candidate who's also our current mayor, Catherine Mahampur. So Catherine, welcome to the show. We appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. And so can you give us a little background on who you are as a candidate and why you've decided to run for city council? Yes. Well, first thing I want to say is I'm just a concerned citizen that I'm not a politician. I don't play any political games. Um, I, I more or less tell it like it is, but I want everybody to know that I am interested in what's best for the residents of Foster City and the city itself. So I decided to run for re-election because we started a number of really important projects when I joined the council. Um, the levy improvements is the biggest one. I think that's the biggest project in Foster City has had for a while. Uh, that project starts in October. And then we have the repairs or the rebuild of the recreation center that's coming up that we need to discuss again. Uh, we also share a wastewater treatment plant with San Mateo, and that's going um, going undergoing a retrofit project we need to watch the costs on that as well so i'd like to help guide these projects and i'm sure there will be others uh, through to completion uh, another reason i'm running is over the past few months i really feel like the council is working better together and we're focusing on city business rather than having to deal with um, personal outbursts and, and other disruptions that we've had to deal with in the past 
Um, and I believe the residents are getting the representation and respect that they deserve with no uh, misrepresentations or lies. Uh, and I'd like to see that continue. I also want to make sure that we're maintaining the quality of life in Foster City. Uh, a lot of us move to Foster City because of the quality of life, um, because of our green spaces, because of the way the character of the neighborhoods. So I really want to make sure that we're maintaining that quality of life for everybody. Okay. Um, so, you know, there's five candidates running for uh, three seats. So what makes you mm -hmm. one of the best choices as a candidate and why should the voters vote for you? Well, because we need people with experience during this COVID-19. Uh, this isn't the time for training. Uh, we have to hit the ground running to guide us through this, this really difficult period that we're going through now. Uh, I've been on the council for a while now, and I have the experience, the dedication, and the commitment that's needed. The city's in a difficult situation right now, uh, and it's going to be that way for a while. The COVID-19 pandemics left us with much smaller revenues and is putting a strain on our reserves. Before COVID-19, we were projecting a surplus of $1.8 million. And as of two weeks ago, our projected surplus is almost at the break-even point. And we don't know how long this partial shutdown of our businesses is going to last. Now, good news is today we found out that we moved up a tier. Uh, so we're in the red zone now so that a lot of uh, businesses uh, will be able to open for indoor service at a reduced, um, at a reduced, uh, people will be able to, to go, but they'll have reduced capacity in their restaurants. So I think it's like 25% for restaurants and 50% for malls. So that's the good news, but how long is that going to last? Uh, we're coming up on fall here, we're coming up on flu season. So we're hoping that this will, will uh, not be a bad flu season and uh, we can at least be in the red for a little while. Um, we need to plan for the future and we need to maintain control of our budget and we may have to make some difficult decisions along the way. So this isn't the time for adding new inexperienced council members because experience will get us through this period and we need to maintain the civility and transparency that has guided us over the past few months for our residents. Okay, so what are the top two issues? You brought up a lot of issues and what are the top two issues that you feel are facing Foster City and how do you plan to address them? Yeah, well, to me, there are more than two, and I consider them equally important. So if you'll give me a little bit of time, I'd like to go through them. Uh, the first thing that I'm looking at is economic recovery for businesses and residents because of COVID-19. So I plan on continuing to work with the council to support assistance for our businesses and residents as best we can and to get information out to the residents and businesses about state and county assistance programs, because there's a lot of uh, efforts going on out there that they may not know about. So we need to make sure that everybody knows how to get assistance if they need it. Uh, the total impact that the strain the shelter in place orders put on the city's budget may not even be known in full for another year, but we are feeling it now. As I said, our reserves are taking a hit. We need to keep our businesses from closing and keep our residents safe. 
uh, that's going to be a, a difficult task because our businesses need customers, but we also need to make sure that our residents are kept safe. So all of this is going to require stricter fiscal management and possibly some difficult decisions, and we have to be ready to make those decisions. Uh, the second thing that I think is important is housing. There's a housing issue here. Uh, making Foster City like a Manhattan or an LA or San Francisco is not the answer to the housing issue. Uh, the state wants us to take our green spaces and put buildings up. So our residents need someone to fight for them. Over the last number of years, I've built a relationship with regional and local leaders such that I can pick up a phone and call them. We discuss the issue, try to make our case, and we can lobby Sacramento. Now, a lot of people moved here for a certain quality of life, and I, I'm fighting for that quality of life. Our green spaces are important to us. Uh, another, is, another thing with the housing issue is that people have started working from home. A lot of companies have told them that they can continue to work from home, and because they can work from home, they can live anywhere. Uh, they could possibly go back to their home state, or they can move to a place they've always wanted to live. So our small businesses will hurt because there won't be people using their services, lunch places, gas stations, and other services that are necessary. So we need to keep our residents here by maintaining the quality of life in Foster City so they want to stay. Managing the city budget is going to be a challenge. Uh, our revenues are decreasing. Our expenditures will have to be managed in order to balance the budget. So tough decisions will have to be made. We have to decrease services, such as maintaining our streets, picking up the trash in the parks, reprioritizing our projects. But this is why you need someone with experience like me, because I still want to keep the quality of life for our neighbors. Then we have the levy improvements. Um, right now, traffic is, is decre has decreased over the past few months because of COVID-19. Uh, I've been walking on the levee for years and have noticed how much traffic has decreased. So now's the right time to start the construction. It's going to be less disruptive, and this is one of the biggest projects the city has undertaken. So bringing in new council members and getting them up to speed uh, may slow the progress, and that's not what we want to do right now. We don't want to have to revisit this project. Now's the time to get it done. We're also in another really important thing is we're in the middle of choosing another city manager. Uh, that's a process that usually takes months. And this is a very important decision that the council is going to be making because this city manager is going to have to guide the city staff through this really difficult time. And we need to make sure that the person we choose is up to the task and has the necessary skills to be successful in the long term. So I really think that these are very important issues. In my mind, they're equal in their intensity and their importance. Uh, so I would put them all on the same level. So it was hard for me to narrow down just two. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, what kind of style of leadership do you bring to the table to really to be able to work with some of the different personalities and really come together to solve problems for the community? Um, yeah, good question. Um, I've worked with some very difficult people on the council. Uh, they would denigrate our neighbors, and uh, it, it, it became so bad that nobody wanted to stand up and speak at a council meeting. 
just because a neighbor has a different opinion or a style of management than them, our, our neighbors were considered to be awful people. So these council members voted to decrease the amount of time that our neighbors could talk at meetings. And they told them that once they paid the taxes, it wasn't their money anymore. It was somebody else, it was the city's money. So one of my biggest things is civility. I treat everybody with respect. I believe we should let our neighbors talk. I listen to them and I always remember that I work for them. That's what I do every single day. People should be able to speak their minds. I'm running for civility. And I think that I've brought that to the council this year. I let everybody on the council speak. I let the public speak. And I really want to stress how important it is to let people speak and to listen to others. Oh, and, and um, before we leave the subject of civility, um, I wanted to say that there's a candidate out there who's running around and spreading rumors and misinformation and lies about me. I think that shows the character of that person. And we don't want to go back to that type of people on the council. And I'm fighting hard to keep respect and civility at this council level and in the town. So what is your vision for Foster City in 10 years? Where do you see Foster City in 10 years? Yeah, in, it, it's hard to predict. Uh, with COVID, the situation changes from almost hour to hour. So it's, it's really hard, hard to predict, but I can tell you what I'd like to see. I think uh, this perfect storm has created some great challenges for us, and it's going to require our courage and fiscal management to get through it. So in 10 years, I want the city to have a healthy economy and to be a place where people want to gather. I'd like to see a recreation center that's befitting our city. I want the small businesses to thrive and to see all businesses continue their success. I want our hotels to be fully occupied again, people from, and people from out of town coming to enjoy what we have here in Foster City. And I just want it to be a place where people want to live and make lots of memories with their kids. And it always makes me happy there's a park near my house and it always makes me happy to see families gathering in our parks and enjoying Foster City and the lagoon and the beach areas. Uh, keeping, and keeping our green spaces and amenities is what's really important here. Uh, we want to maintain our quality of life and I believe that's what draws people here. You know, they could live elsewhere, but they choose Foster City. So there's a reason or many reasons why, and I want to maintain that. So what would you like to say to the residents and voters of Foster City? Well, as I've always said, I said it last election, I'll say it again this election, I'm not a politician. I'm a citizen activist who wants to maintain civility and the standard of living in Foster City that we're used to. So I'm fighting for that every day. I want people to respect each other. It's okay to disagree with me, but I allow my neighbor to disagree with me and I treat people with the respect they deserve. So, Again, this candidate who's spreading rumors and lies about me, that's not respectful behavior. And it, it just shows the character of the person. If they're doing this now, imagine what they'll do if they'll, they're elected. And I'm fighting for civility where we can all be heard. Um, I think I've proven to people who've worked with me that I'm a steady hand. 
when we focus on a project, I want to make sure we get it done right. I'm fighting for quality of life. I want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to have all of the amenities they need to make some beautiful memories in Foster City. Everyone, make memories with your children, your grandchildren, your friends. I want the businesses to succeed in Foster City, both large and small. Our decisions have to be made with the best intentions for the city as a whole, not based on one individual's desires or needs. You may not agree with every vote I've made, but I've made them with the best interests of Foster City at heart. And if you don't agree with some of my votes, I'd love to have the opportunity to talk with you and discuss it. Hear me out. There are many ways to get a hold of me. You can call me, email, website, and just remember I'm running for civility and to make sure that uh, any mandated growth in the city is responsible growth with you in mind. And I hope I can earn your vote in November. So you mentioned uh, your website and how do people can get a hold of you. So what, what is your website and, and, and where they can get a hold of you? Sure. My website is www.catherineforfostercity, all one word, .com. And uh, my email is catherineforfostercity at yahoo.com. Okay. Well, thanks to uh, candidate Catherine Monhanpour, who's also our Foster City Mayor. And uh, we appreciate your time for speaking with, you, with us here on our candidate forum here on Podcast by the Bay. Thank you so much, Catherine. We appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate your attention. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast by the Bay. You can contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Podcast by the Bay is a production of Bay City Communications and is sponsored by Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com All material and content is property of Podcast by the Bay, but does not necessarily reflect the views of Podcast by the Bay. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast by the Bay as our handle or on Facebook facebook.com slash podcast by the Bay. And remember you can listen to any of our episodes anytime on any podcast site. Until next time, stay tuned.